Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and today is another interview episode on my ongoing series to highlight uh, stores and pro players of Florida, which Florida is the state that I currently reside in, and I feel like it doesn't get enough attention in the Magic community, in the Magic community scene as a whole. So today I'm interviewing my first game store, uh, interviewing one of the owners, Dave, from E&D Games, which E&D Games is located in the Gulfview Square Mall in Port Ritchie. Uh, if you have no idea where that is, that's okay. You can just always look that up. Just E&D Games. Um, definitely check them out. They were the first game store I went to when I got back into Paper Magic around the time when Theros came out. Because before then, I was really just on to into digital online magic during Innistrad, uh, Return to Ravnica, and then I really was just getting the paper bug, and I remember calling up Dave, uh, geez, you know, just to check out, you know, hey, when they hold events and all that, and, you know, then he, I think he told me about draft, and I had no idea what draft was at the time, and it, you'll hear that story during the interview, but um, before we begin, we've always got some ads to do. And let's get these out of the way, and I promise I will not fuck up. This episode is featured on LegitMTG.com. Legit, LegitMTG.com not only has some really well-written articles, but also offers free shipping on all orders over $2 or more. Ever get tired of going to other sites and just have to buy some cheap singles and shipping costs more than what you're buying? No more. Any order over $2 or more has free shipping at LegitMTG.com. You did not hear that little fuck-up I did. All right, all right, next one. I promise I will not fuck up this one. This week's episode is brought to you by Horizon Datas' makers of Rollback RX. Do you ever wish you could take your PC back in time and restore to a pristine state? Rollback RX not only allows you to bring your machine back to any point in time, but it's a great way to recover from a bad driver update, viruses, or even a botched installation. Horizon Datasys doesn't tend to discount their product often as they know it's going to save you hundreds of dollars in recovering your PC. But for listeners of Magic with Zuby, they provide us an exclusive discount. Visit https colon slash slash goo dot gl slash capital D I capital B V A capital F for 25% off rollback RX. And as usual, I will be sure to tweet out that link. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a premium free 30-day trial specifically for my listeners at the following URL, www.gameflyoffer.com slash Zuby. That's Z-U-B-Y. For you, the listeners of Magic with Zuby, Gamefly is offering a premium three, three, a premium free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Uh, to get your free trial today, go to GameFlyOffer.com slash Zuby. Again, that's GameFlyOffer.com slash Zuby for your free 30-day trial. Kind of fucked that one up, but you know, whatever. We're going to keep going on because that's what we do. This isn't recorded where I could go back and edit it or anything. Now, now that'd be ridiculous. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook Download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Zuby. That's Z-U-B-Y. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Uh, to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash Zuby. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Zuby for your free audiobook. 
All right, and places where you can find Magic with Zuby, you can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, MTGCast.com. Uh, Magic with Zuby is also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Magic with Zuby, as well as Twitter at Magic with Zuby. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Magic with Zuby YouTube channel. Just for just search for Magic with Zuby on YouTube. I also put some of the little skits that I've done before too, like Bob Plays Magic or Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, you can also... Please be sure to subscribe and review Magic Wazoobi on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio. Um, that really helps. It lets me know that you guys are out there listening. Um, you know, helps maybe boost up the ratings in iTunes and Google Play. The more reviews I get and the more subscribers I get. Um, also, I started up the subreddit on reddit.com. Um, it's just, uh, just search for Magic Wazoobi subreddit. Um, I'm going to probably i want that to be sort of a discussion place for the podcast where i'm not only gonna post some twitter contest on there uh also maybe have some ideas thrown out there uh you know it could also be a place where you can submit some ideas for me if you don't feel like emailing me um i really want to try to engage with you guys more so if if you want to subscribe to the subreddit or follow me on Twitter or Facebook or even send me an email, you know, about stuff you like, you don't like, what you want to see more of, um, mtgzuby at gmail.com is the email. Uh, I've also been contemplating about Patreon, you know, getting rid of the advertisements except legitmtg.com and maybe just you know, maybe going for Patreon, but if I were to do Patreon, what would you want to see as rewards? You know, I was thinking, I, I don't, I'm actually, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. I've, I've been running through some ideas in my head and what I want to do, seeing what other magic podcasts are doing for rewards. And I don't know. It's, it's definitely not something I'm, you know, if, if nothing ever comes out of it, okay. Because, you know, I have created my Patreon page, but I don't have any rewards set up. Um, don't have anything set up on it. I don't even have it live. It's just, I'm not really sure what I want to do with it. it even if I want to do it. Because I know I've said in the past I don't want to do it. But if people send me emails and they get tired of me fucking up ads all the time, you know, when I think it's pretty funny. I mean, that's just me personally. And I've had other people say it's funny. and But... You know, if if Patreon is more the style where you want to donate to the show because you like what you hear, um, you know, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. You know, I do this all on my own free time and any of the equipment and sealed product that I get to not sealed product, but any any kind of magic product I get is out of my own pocket, uh, especially the equipment. I want to get better equipment, I'm actually saving up for saving up for a interface. Because right now I just have a USB mic. I'm saving up for an interface and another mic. Better headphones than what I have right now. And then I am also want to save up for a a cheap laptop. Where it's not even a great laptop. But maybe like a $200 laptop. Just a piece of crap that I can use to plug my interface in. And have two mics and maybe just do a remote podcast at a grand prix or scg open or something like that you know be able to try to chat with people live you know so stuff like that it would really help i want to i've talked about it before where and i've talked about it with other people that 
you know, I don't want this podcast to just be another hate news of the week podcast. We there's too many of them out there, and the the ones that do it good, you know, they need to keep on doing that. But it's I'm really trying to branch out, do different stuff. You know, my whole project that I'm doing right now, where I interview local game stores and local pro players, I wanna I wanna get that more out on the spotlight. I've also got ideas where I want to start interviewing more content creators of magic as well. I've got some some stuff in the works right now. It's just logistic logistical issues and stuff like that. Getting uh, you know sitting down and actually having time to do that. So like I said, if I want to hear your guys' thoughts, send me emails on what you think. You know, maybe if you guys want to hear different episodes or or if there's stuff that you don't like what I'm doing or you there is stuff I you do like what I'm doing, you know, let me know. Email me at mtgzuby at gmail.com. So enough of my rambling. Let's get on with the interview with Dave from END Games, and here it goes. I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, one uh, of the, no problem. Yeah, one of the things I'm trying to do is slowly but surely I'm doing a little project of showcasing all like the stores in Florida along with some of the local pro players in Florida. Um, okay. You're actually the first shop I'm interviewing. So. Oh, okay, cool. Be happy about that. That's awesome. I, I feel honored, man. <laughs> well, no, you should because um, you were actually the first shop. I think I've told you you were the first shop I went to when I'm starting getting back into Magic because I'd never been to, to a game store before that. So, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I do remember you saying I was the first one you've been in for a while. I didn't remember the details. So, okay, cool. Yeah, man. But um, if you just want to give a, I guess a little introduction to yourself, like who you are and what game store you run. Sure. Uh, my name is David Growney. Um, I own E&D Games. We're located in uh, Newport, Ritchie, Florida. Um, I've been in business now for a little over four years. Um, I started as an online, just basically selling magic cards online, me and a friend of mine. And now we've moved it into a full uh, uh, brick and mortar store. Okay. Did you, I remember when, well, when I first came to you, you were in the Yancey Street Comics shop? Correct. I was still actually running under the E&D games because that was still my business license because we were using that from the online name. Um, okay. Yancey Street needed someone that knew anything about gaming, so I kind of uh, took over as their gaming department, so to speak, even though we were still a separate entity. Oh, okay. Is that where you first so, started there? Uh, that's where I first started doing it more as a... Uh, Again, like a brick-and-mortar type thing. Um, I was actually running tournaments for Yancey Street before that. Um, nothing really sanctioned through Wizards. We were just kind of running it on the side to get kind of teach Steve how to do it, and he really had no interest in magic. <laughs> so I, I kind of helmed it full force from there. Okay. So um, what are – I guess one of the things that I've always been curious about is – why a game store or what get, what got you into, you know, getting into magic and board games and all that? Okay, well, that kind of goes way back. Um, I've been kind of a nerd gamer since I was in high school, and that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, I can remember playing old Avalon Hills games and, of course, like D&D. Uh, when I was in the service, magic wasn't even invented till I got out of the service. And uh, 
Actually, we, I picked up my first Magic Packs at a local store. A guy, a friend of mine, was just building a little uh, knick-knack store, and I told him he needs to maybe get some comics and stuff in there, and he grew that into a game store that was um, in upstate New York. And uh, I helped him outside, you know, just doing minor things. I showed him what to order. Um, we got into Magic. Then um, I didn't really even like the game in the beginning. That was during Alpha and Beta, and uh, I actually dumped off all my original stuff, uh, gave it to a friend of mine, and we didn't pick it back up again until Revised, and then I've kind of been running it from revised on oh, okay so what made you um i guess decide to open up a shop because you said you did online first you were just selling cards yeah just basically selling cards because like i said we've been doing it pretty much from revised onward and uh you know i uh i got five kids and as life goes on you don't get to get out and uh, do a lot of tournaments you know a full-time job um so just collecting a bunch of cards and i finally said i gotta sell some of the stuff and me and a friend of mine Eric uh, decided to sell our stuff online. We just started doing like quick eBay sales. And so we decided to get a business license and uh, make it like an actual online business. And that's when Steve kind of approached me with doing it in the store and kind of running it for him for Yancey Street. Okay, that's cool. Um, So, hold on here. So what are the things, so you being a game store in the area, I mean, we've had, you know, we have we've had a bunch of game stores in that area. We've had Colossal Comics, which is closed down there. Um, there was Tau Gaming, and then the Green Dragon. And I know, I know you, Tau Gaming, and I think the Green Dragon um, teamed up at one point. Uh, yeah. Or was yeah, it? we were looking at. We we're looking at kind of merging the three into one. They weren't doing so hot individually. I was doing fine. Uh, my issue was more with uh, where I was located as a physical address. So they asked me on board, and I kind kind of warned them. I said, "I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of a jerk. I want to make sure my business grows, and so nothing <laughs> personal, guys. But uh, you know, if it ain't growing, I'm not sticking around. And so, needless to say, I'm back as E and D Games, and now they're running my uh, what we merged into, which is con- called the Gamers Guild, and the uh, Tau Gaming guys kind of took that over, and now they have that. Okay, so is the Gamers Dragons Guild still gone. open? Yes, they are still open. They're still, okay. and they're down in the location down on uh, State Road 54. Oh, okay. So what what do you think really sets your store apart from others? Uh to be honest with you, it's the community, man. I, I got so many people uh, as an influx of just customers. Part of it's you know, obviously from the history of Yancey Street. Um, I mean, my first opening night of Magic was over 60 people uh, when we started getting it sanctioned in Yancey Street, and that was kind of a little overwhelming. Um, so with that, you know, you get to meet some really good people, and with that, you know, good people attract good people. So, um, you know, I'm sure you've been in shops where there's maybe not a good element or there's maybe not um, too many players or too many or I guess too many spoiled players would be the better way to put it. Yeah, that's definitely a nice way of putting it. (laughs) And it kind of deters other people from coming into the shop. And, uh, you know, I've been always uh, an advocate on I I really don't need that here. Um, And, you know, the customers actually police that. And I, I really enjoy that. So I, I'd have to say it's the community is really, you know, everybody's looking for a good place to play. And, you know, I feel I provide that. Well, no, I do have to agree with that, that you, you guys definitely provide a right good atmosphere. Because, like I said, I remember coming in there my first time doing a, you know, sanctioned event. And I hadn't played since what, uh, what did I remember telling you guys, like Urza's or Kamigawa or something? Something like and, that, right. And and I had no idea how to draft and everybody there was extremely friendly and I was just a little bit taken aback because I'm like, 
uh, what, what's the catch here? Why are you guys being so nice to me? <laughs> you know? Yep. And, um, yep. And I still remember the first night I drafted there, I actually built a 60 card deck. I had no idea it was supposed to be 40 cards. And, you know, <laughs> and someone immediately corrected that for me. And now it just, ever since then, you know, you guys really got me hooked back on to magic. And, um, I've always appreciated it. It's like, I know I don't come there as often. It's, I've been so busy and, um, it's especially with my career, my day job, it's been, it's been insane lately, especially this year. Sure. But, um, no, I just, I just love coming down there and, um, just any chance I get, I tell people, you know, go to you guys or anything like that. And I much appreciate it. And, Again, back to the community thing, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, so the other thing I was really curious about, what are some of the, maybe misconceptions about owning and running a game store that maybe some people have when it comes to it. Um, that, that, that is a get rich quick scheme. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're, if you're in the, one of these businesses, it's not one where you can make a lot of money fast unless you're extremely lucky. Um, is there money to be made? Sure. Obviously, or I wouldn't still be doing it. Um, that, that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions, um, number two, uh, when, when people like, like the, I'm now back in Goldview Square Mall and, uh, the mall actually contacted me because we are such a strong community of people that we've helped, uh, like feed the food court on Friday nights. Uh, we've helped on like our Dungeons and Dragon nights to get like 40, 50 people in. So again, that's another night that these people are now shopping the mall. So the, the I guess the, the miscommunity or the miss, um, the misrepresentation is that, you know, we're kind of like our own little thing off in the corner. We're actually, we're part of the bigger community as a whole. And now, you know, I'm helping supply customers throughout an entire mall, you know? So that, that, that was pretty interesting when they, they let me know that. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Cause I do remember that was one of the better things, you know, if you wanted to go get food, you didn't have to go very far at all. Yeah, like yeah. I talked to the manager at Starbucks, and she she's pretty awesome. And like you know, when we left the mall and signed up a Gamers Guild, uh, she had to cut two people's hours for Friday nights because she oh, didn't shit. need people on hand. Right? You know, just an effect that you don't think of. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess... it, was, it was cool. And I guess you don't don't really think of that. So it's definitely no. not a get rich quick scheme. Um, no. But it's a lot of fun. It, you know, you yeah. meet some, like I said, I met some great people. I've had some memories that'll last forever, you know, from this. So, oh yeah, definitely. And it's um, so you've been going on four years, and I've noticed. What was it your? Is it your oldest son, Noah? Is he your oldest or no? Um, well, he's my youngest son. Um, oh, okay. I have I have five <laughs> children. My oldest is actually Angel, who he does some of the artwork and some of the logo and work for us. And then my, the one that you see more is um Logan. He's my I guess the oldest that you'd see the most in the store. Okay. But Noah, isn't he um, a judge now or something? Um, no, Noah is actually um, not in the store anymore. He's now living in Orlando because he's going to UCF. Oh, so Logan nice. is the one that's a judge. Yeah. Okay, nice. That's good for him. Yep. No, um, one, of the, one of the other things I wanted to ask is – and I've thought about this, like, if I ever owned my own game store or anything, um, especially with Magic, do you ever get sick of Magic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the short answer is yes. <laughs> especially sorting all those cards. Oh, my uh, gosh. So you have yeah. proper inventory. Yeah, it's a little insane. Um, I still have a, like, I still like to play the game. I love the draft still. That's probably the most exciting thing for me. Um, 
you don't have to like when I play, I don't play to win. I play more to have fun and make it a fun experience for my uh, guests in the store. Yeah. So, you know, if I win the prize, I'm giving myself a prize, which really means nothing to me. So therefore I'd rather let somebody else try to win it. Yeah. Um, so, um, it makes the atmosphere better when I do that. And I, you know, like I'll do random stupid stuff, like I'll random draft and not even know what I'm drafting or I'll come up with some scheme. Like I'm only going to draft red or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. And, <laughs> and, and I remember, person. yeah, I remember being a part of those. Those were fun. <laughs> it definitely makes you think a little outside the meta and a lot differently when yeah. you're drafting that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, that, that's one of the things I've always liked with um, E&D games is the limited community there is really good. It's Absolutely. A, there's a lot of limited players, and you know it's probably one of the better atmospheres to draft in that I've experienced so far. Much appreciated. Thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. We, uh, we have a, well, we're now starting a Commander League, which uh, last night was kind of the first meeting. Uh, it starts next week, and we're already over 30 people strong in that. Oh, wow. We're trying something different. Yeah, we're trying it with the new Commander deck, so the idea is that you uh, – buy one of the new commander decks and then each week you can upgrade your deck um you get like a budget of ten dollars per week three cards per week as well and you can bank it if you need to whatever and we kind of keep the deck lists in the store so you don't have to buy the cards for the ten dollars it's ten dollars of value so you can pull it out of your own collection if you need to but we'll look at the pricing of say it's a soul ring you want to buy and we'll look at the pricing of the cheapest soul ring Friday and say, okay, you've now bought this soul ring for three dollars yeah. out of your ten dollar budget, and then that's added to your deck. Oh, that's not bad so, at all. Um, yeah, everybody starts on an even playing ground because my first thought when you mentioned that was going to be, oh great, you're going to have the you know insane commander decks going on and you know that go off turn two. <laughs> no, we uh, we definitely put a stifle on that, and uh, again, back to the community, uh, one of our. Uh, Customers that comes in, uh, Mike Demko, he's the one that kind of uh, said, hey, I got an idea. I want to do something with Commander. And uh, this is a kind of a pilot thing that we did with uh, Deck Builders Toolkits like two years ago. And we kind of mixed the two together, came up with this concept. And so far, it seems to be everybody loves it. So That's cool. What, what about um, is the league closed like, to new players if they miss the first week or two? No, and you can join in anytime you want to. Oh, that's good. Just, you just the only stipulation is you have to start with um, one of the new commander decks. Well, that's not bad though. That that no, that'd right. be actually pretty fun though. Right. Because um the new the new commander decks are definitely like very interesting. I'm waiting to get mine in the mail, so I can't wait nice. to try them out. Yep. So it's it's and we already it's also got a good buzz now going with people coming up with different ideas. I get to see, um, you know, who wants to kind of start with all the same deck and then what they want to morph it into, and it's it's kind yeah. of cool listening to different people talk about that. Oh yeah, definitely. So um, with um with your company, how do you advertise it? How, how do you get more people out there to come in? Uh, most of it I do through social media. I'm on that constantly. Um, obviously, Facebook being the number one. Um, Twitter's another good one. Uh, the mall also helps out because I have the mall that uh, their offices, they love us. So they help us marketing. They put us on the marquee for big events like when we're in IQs. They will uh, also market within their Facebook and their Twitter about our store. Um, outside of that, we've uh, done flyers in the past hit and miss on those um we do a lot of the local conventions so we'll uh, head down to uh i think fusion con was the last one that we did had great success there um we're looking at doing another huge event up in uh, jordan con in atlanta that'll be a april time frame 
And uh, we, we try to make the experience different than just a vendor booth. How so? How do you make it different when you're at one of the cons? Um, a lot of the cons that we talk to, we end up becoming like a gaming room, and my vendor booth is within the gaming room. So oh, okay. instead of me having a 10 by 10 booth, I've got a 60-foot square room. Um, obviously, most of the room is occupied by tables. The other piece of it is covered by uh, you know where I can sell merchandise. But I'm not there just to sell merchandise. I'm there to demo games. So people come in, they want to play a game, and I ask them what type of games they like, and then we go grab something that we have open in stock. Let's say the board game Splendor. We'll teach them how to play Splendor, and then if they want to buy it, great. If not, we'll try something else, you know, whatever. The main goal is to make sure people are there for a convention to have fun and have an experience, and if we're providing that experience, then they'll remember our name. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's good. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask, uh, a lot of the people are talking on the internet, especially in the magic community, that it seems to be FNM attendance has gone down. Um, there's possible slow decline in magic attendance throughout the, I guess, throughout the whole world of magic. Um, have you noticed any of that with personally? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, I, I see that like or, or we have a small community of like first of all modern players, so we've tried to like try to capitalize and bring them in because you don't see them for standard or anything else to see if they want to come in like an F and M or some other night, and it's very hard to get them pinpointed as to when they all can meet up. So yeah. that that kind of negates that one format. Uh, my my draft numbers are staying pretty much consistent. Like I said, that whole community kind of stays the same. And again, back to my uh, your statement with the limited format. We, we still go pretty strong on that. Our numbers are still in the 20s and 30s on drafters. Uh, standard players, I've had that dip down to just about eight, just where we can barely fire it. And, I mean, I used to have over 90 people in. So I've definitely seen some huge number changes on that. Yeah, I, I do remember coming in on those nights where I draft, and there'd be so many people in for standard, just insanity. Um, what do you think may be the cause of that decline? I... Like as far as I monitor it, and on my end, it's numerous factors. Uh, one is you got um, kids coming out of high school, going into college. So when they go off to college, they know go to different stores. Obviously, yeah. Um, people with work schedule changes uh, can't work Friday nights, or have to work Friday nights now. Yeah. Um, I see a little bit. Like I, I thought. I saw people kind of getting not turned off by magic, but not – it's kind of like they got tired of the same old thing every Friday night. So we would try to change that up a little bit and offer like two-headed giants or like a you know two-headed giant draft or something a little bit different. And then that seemed to help, but that was like a, a Band-Aid. It wasn't really a fix. So I, I don't know as far as that goes. Is that part of it? Maybe. Um sets. Um, some people like I – especially with – I think it was the Theros block and – uh uh, cons, I heard a lot of people like they like it going into it and then halfway through the set block, they, they weren't really they're like almost disillusioned by it. I saw that big time with, uh, Battle for Zendikar. A lot of people liked the concept, liked the idea of Shadows Over Innistrad and it just kind of it, like just kind of filtered out and disappeared, dissipated. So I don't know if it's the content, you know, maybe a mixture of all these things. I have no idea. Do you think any of it may have to do with the price of standard? Because, I mean, it, the obvious price of standard has gone way down compared to what we saw when Battle for Zendikar first came out, when it was cons was still in rotation. Um, right. Because ba back when it was cons and Battle for Zendikar, we saw $800, $900 decks. I mean, it's definitely gone down, but it's still pretty expensive to even have one of those top-tier decks. You're looking anywhere from 300 to $400. 
Correct. And most I find most of like your standard players are people that play into the meta. And so since they're playing into the meta, they want to buy those decks. And capital obviously has a lot to do with buying those decks. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I've seen to kind of counter that, if you will, since I do run a high amount of limited crowd, I got a lot of people that are willing to trade the cards that they draft with. So they'll help those standard players while they're in shop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so, like I don't. Yeah, I, I don't mind if like people are doing minor trades within the store on the side because my my theory is if I tell them you don't do that in the store, they're going to go out in the parking lot and do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just kind of gives it a bad vibe. So I I personally don't mind if they do trades within the store. It's their product. Let them do what they want with it. Um, obviously, I would hope they'd buy the singles for me, but that's not always the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, 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 you can't also, blame them though sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely not. I, you know, I would do it too. You know, if 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 if, this, if if it was another way, absolutely. You know, people go online and still buy cards even though they have a shop right around the corner. So to me, that's almost saying the same thing. Yeah. Um, it... Oh no, go know. on. No, I, I just think that that that's part of it, and I think that um, like I said, with our people, they draft the cards. They no longer really want them. They just like the drafting experience, so they'll. They'll trade them. They'll trade them off, and then you'll get better. You'll, the standard players will be able to build their decks faster for a lesser value. Yeah, yeah, and I can definitely see that. And, I mean, having that limited crowd there does help. You know, especially especially if they pull a sweet planeswalker or something like that. Absolutely. No, but um, it was just something I was curious about because, like I said, I've been seeing it a lot online, and a lot of the big magic YouTubers are complaining that. Not really complaining, but just really noticing that FNM across the board has seen a lot less attendance. And, you know, I, I've seen that Wizards has been trying to do that standard showdown to try to maybe entice more people in that. Have you heard of that? Um, no, I have not. Uh, basically, the standard showdown, it looks like it's sort of like a more competitive FNM that, that stores can hold on Saturdays, where um, the the top four... Or, or however, however big the event is, like the top eight or the top four will get what these, what they're called these, uh, standard showdown booster packs, which, which they don't, they don't have any commons or uncommons. They, they have, um, rare and mythic rares and a chance for the expedition cards. So I guess they're doing that to try to entice more players to come to the local game store for that. I okay. think, I think you as a shop, you'd have to sign up for it. Um, but that I might mean, be something to look into. Yeah, I mean, it, it it sounds like it's a good idea. I don't know if it's going to help bring in people, you know, because the the one thing I can see what happening is, you know, stores getting, you know, those standard showdown booster packs in and then just selling them instead of... that. That's correct. That That's yeah. one big thing. And then, then the other thing, too, is what are you attracting when you do that? The idea, I don't think, is to attract people that already come to Magic. The idea is to try to how do you get it to people that are new to the game and want to learn it. So... Yeah. You're trying to like again. I, I, mean, I use the example of the kids that are going off to college and they're leaving the area. They're going to another store elsewhere. Well, there's somebody that has to replace them. You know what I mean? To keep your revenue the same, to keep your numbers the same. So, what are you as a store doing to try to promote that? Obviously, marketing is one thing to do. Make flyers, go to conventions, get your name out there. You know what I mean? Put your name up on a sign, whatever. Uh, social media. So um, um, another thing that we've been working on is a uh, like a find a friend 
type deal with a purchase within store. So when people come in with somebody and they make their first purchase, you, since you referred them, get a discount type thing. So that helps a little bit, but it's that that goes across more than just magic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I, I like to hear that you're trying, you know, new and different things to try to keep people in and all that and, and attract more people because that that's what, you know, that's what the community needs as a whole is just more new blood. And I feel like maybe not all the time we see that. I would agree with that. The other thing, too, is cross-promote. Like, uh, I have no problem running a Heroclix game while I'm playing Friday Night Magic. Uh, what you get is you get people that are playing Heroclix that say, hey, maybe I'll give Magic a shot, and vice versa. You get people playing Magic saying, what's this Heroclix game about? So cross-promoting within other game systems also brings more customers into the other game that you made that they may like. Yeah, that, that's a really good idea. Yeah, because I see you holding um, a lot of board games, especially on the weekend. That zombie game that I see all the time, or I forget what <laughs> yeah, it's called. Side. Yeah, zombie side. That's right. That's right. I mean, <laughs> we got that... another one coming up. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wish I had the time for it. Oh, man. but um, no, that's that's really awesome. Um, one of the last things I wanted to ask was if you had one piece of advice for someone who wanted to start their own game shop, what would it be? Well, just one out of <laughs> all the, <laughs> just that's, that's kind of tough to narrow down. Um, or, or, or just but, some advice. It doesn't have to be exactly one piece. Oh, the, the main piece of advice I'd say is, is, is have patience. Um, with a store like this, you attract people um, that sometimes are not um, socially inept, and you attract people that even though they might not know how to say please and thank you, it doesn't mean that they're acting actually rude <laughs> and, and what i mean by that is within this community i've you know i've grown up with this where you get the people that were sometimes picked on in school a lot or you know especially during my age and era where dungeons and dragons for an example was a you know you don't do that you know what i'm saying that's like bad juju and yeah. people would be mean to people that did these things and so as these people get up and now they get older, it's like now I see a lot of those people coming back to these games, which I find amazing. But <laughs> these, a lot of these people, when they hit society and they leave their high schools in the comfort of their homes, they don't know social graces. They don't know what other people might find offensive, and they don't know how to act. And they're not doing it to be mean. I mean, I've fallen victim of that. I've seen somebody do something that I found absolutely apprehensible. And when I sit back and I take my anger away for a minute and I look at what they're doing, it's like, this guy He's just he doesn't know that he's doing anything wrong someone needs to say hey man come here for a minute i want to talk to you and just kind of explain it to him and nine times out of ten it's a it's just a matter of being patient and it solves a lot of headaches yeah no that's definitely a good piece of advice um and because i mean i mean i've i don't know what it's like to be on the other side but you know i've been in stores where just some people are just really <laughs> you know they act uh, like that <laughs> A good and uh, I guess a bad example, um, I had a guy and he smelled extremely bad. It was so bad. I had six different people come up to me and say, I can't sit in the same room with him. He smells bad. I mean, I can speak from personal experience. The gentleman did smell extremely bad. He looked clean, but I think it was his clothes personally. Yeah. Either way, it didn't matter. So now me as the store owner, I have to, um, I have to address this. You know what I mean? I can't. You know what I, mean? I either have to, I have to do something about it and I could take the approach of being mean to the guy and saying, Hey man, you stink, get out of my store, yeah. you know, or 
what I did is I pulled them aside and I told them, I said, look, man, I've been getting complaints on this and it's true. I said, I'm not saying you're dirty. I'm saying that this is what the complaint is. And I have a choice. I either lose six people or potentially one. And I said, I don't want to lose any. So I said, so, you know, what am I going to do? And he got a little mad. He's like, you know, who's saying that? And I said, it's kind of irrelevant as to who's saying it. What is relevant is it is what it is. I said, if yeah. you want to be discounted your money, I fully understand. You want to come home and take care of it and come back. Cool. Great. Come on down. We'd love to have you. I said, but I, we can't do what we're trying to do here with this business the way that it is. So we have to take care of that. Yeah. <laughs> and but... he left kind of cool and I've seen him since then. So, all right. It kind of worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's the right way to take it because I mean, I, I guess for you, that's got to be hard because, you know, like you said, you don't want to be the bad guy, but you got to be like, hey, man, you smell, you know, do something. Right. <laughs> right. Right. How do you do that? You know, what I mean? yeah. not be offensive. Yeah. Well, I think of my own example. If I had like I've, I just ate a peppered sandwich and I have tons of pepper in my teeth and I'm smiling, I would hope someone would say to me like, hey, man, you might want to go hit the bathroom and brush your teeth real quick. You yeah. know, <laughs> instead of letting me continue in to do that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Well, I just want to thank you for coming on and doing this. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy man. And, uh, All right. And uh, is there anything you want to say, like ha- where people can find you online or, or where your store's at again? Uh, we are in um, – actually, it's Port Ritchie. I say New Port Ritchie, but we're in Port Ritchie, Florida. We're located right in Gulfview Square Mall, right on US-19. Um. Yeah, sunny Florida. Um, you can find us on Facebook. It's primarily the best – way to reach us um e and d games on facebook um you can also hit me up personally if you need to um, my name is david Grounty. just send me a quick message and let's we'll get it out as soon as we can try to help you out as best we can um that's really about it as far as we go you know it's it's great man all right great well like i said thank you again for coming on and i really appreciate it dave all right thanks matt all right have a good night you too sir oh, yeah.